Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our study of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 are all about what God has done for us, bringing us from spiritual death to spiritual life and into eternal fellowship with Him and with others who belong to Christ. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 13, is a review and reminder. In chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, Paul writes a prayer that we will understand the significance of all that he has said so far, and that we will be filled up to all the fullness of God. This shows you how to pray for yourself and how to pray for every other Christian you know. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he continues our study of today's slice of this week's message entitled, What God Wants for You. Well, after about a month hiatus from the book of Ephesians for our annual foray into the world of Provoke the Pastor, we return today to the book of Ephesians, and we're going to put in at chapter 3 and verse 14. You know, usually when we think about God's will, what we're thinking about is how to make good personal decisions. Well, that's a good thing. We spent several weeks talking about that uh, around this time last year. Uh, We want to make wise and godly choices so that we can live lives that truly honor our Lord. But in the passage before us today, there's a much deeper and, if you will, richer sense of pursuing the will of God. This is the written record of an apostolic prayer that, um, that emanates to us glorious insights into what God's will is for you, not in where you're going to have lunch, where you're going to go to school, where you're going to work, something like that, but in terms of your spiritual growth and development. And this is part of the flow of this precious book. It divides very neatly into two halves. We're near the end of the first half, which we will finish, Lord willing, next Lord's Day. But Ephesians chapters 1 and 2 are all about what God has done for us, starting with His plan from before the foundation of the world when He chose you for salvation, for you to be in Christ, and leading all the way into our eternal fellowship with Him because He has brought us from spiritual death to spiritual life. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 13 is kind of a review and a reminder And Paul gives a hint at the beginning of this chapter, chapter 3, verse 1, that he's going to pray, and then he kind of derails himself from the prayer and goes from verses 2 through 13 with that review of all the things that he has accomplished, that God has accomplished for us. And now, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, Paul wrote this prayer that we will understand the significance 
of all those things he has done for us. And that ultimately, we will be filled up to all the fullness of God. That's God's will for you. He wants you to continue to grow. He wants you to be filled up. What does that mean? I think by the time we finish this chapter, you'll have a, a pretty good idea. This is going to teach you how to pray for yourself and how to pray for every other Christian you know. We're not going to take the whole passage. We're just going to go verse 14 through the beginning of verse 17 today. And from that, we will extract three exhortations. Number one, pray, knowing who God is. Number two, pray for God's power. Number three, pray for Christ to be at home. Let's dive in and see what that's all about. First, pray knowing who God is. Paul says in chapter 3, verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now, for this reason takes you back to what he said at chapter 3, verse 1, where he said, for this reason, referring back to chapter 2, especially the end of chapter 2, how we've all been reconciled to Christ, and by being reconciled to Christ, uh, former enemy groups are now united in one body by faith in Christ. Now, Paul is referring back to also the fact that God is in control of his circumstances, which were, well, lousy by anyone's measure, but he's reminding himself and reminding us that God is in control of all of this. Now, what provoked Paul to pray this way was the sound doctrine that he has been describing to us and the good people who know the truth that God has revealed to us. I'm afraid that often when we pray, we, we sort of sell ourselves short on who God really is, and we, we pray as if our view of God is primarily that He's the one to run to with our troubles. Well, He is that for sure. Who else would you run to when you are in trouble except the one that can do something about it? But if we, if we stop with that, we're really missing a lot. If you check out the prayers of the New Testament, you'll find a lot more praying for spiritual issues in people's lives, a lot more of giving thanks to God for His faithfulness, a lot more of praying for uh, spiritual growth and maturity than merely praying for the current guest list at the hospital. I pray for people who are sick. I pray for people who are hurting. Uh, that's, that's fine. We want God to raise them up and them to be at full strength to serve Him for His glory. But the most important work happens on the inside. So he says, I bow my knees before the Father. Bow my knees is the metaphor that he uses here for praying. Now you can think about what's the best posture to be in for praying. Paul talks about bowing his knees. Well, that, that paints quite a picture that you would bow, that, that's an expression of, of humility and, and submission. But before you run out and buy knee pads and ask us to install kneeling benches in the church, uh, realize that's not the issue of what he's saying here. Uh, there are many different postures that people in the Bible adopted when they were praying. Yes, kneeling is one of them, and it's a good one. 
but they also stood. And sometimes they stood, hands spread open or, or lifted, headward, lifted heavenward. Sometimes they bowed the head as if to acknowledge I'm not worthy to look you in the face. But sometimes they lifted their eyes heavenward. And by the way, their eyes were open when they prayed like that. Sometimes kneeling, sometimes falling down with the face to the ground, sometimes bowing with the the face between the knees, or like the guy in Luke, standing afar off and beating the breast, just expressing your humility before him. In other words, the physical posture um, may have something to do with reflecting the inner attitude of the soul at the moment that you're praying, but it doesn't matter ultimately. Here, Paul said he knelt down to show his humility, his solemnity in admiring the Lord and calling on him on behalf of his Christian friends. He says, I, I bow my knees, and notice it says, before the Father. Before is the translation of a little preposition that has uh, several different connotations in the New Testament. When it's used like this, it has the idea with, uh, of coming face to face. This is the same preposition used for, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with the Father. And the Word was well, with God, and I'm sorry, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It uses this same idea of being face to face. Paul was conscious that his prayer, even in a jail cell in Rome, in essence, in spiritual realities, he was coming face to face with God, not in a physical way, but he had a sense of being in the presence of God. And right away, he gives us a glimpse of what he knows is true of God. And hence, I say this first exhortation is pray knowing who God is. Look at verse 15. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. When you call upon God, you are, you are acknowledging that God is the author of every intelligent being in the universe. All angels and all of mankind are His creations. You're talking to God the Father, creator of heaven and earth. So He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our love, worthy of our total obedience, and the only one that we would ever want to pray to. You will never be in, a, in your prayer life any kind of a spiritual success, or in your walk with Christ, you'll never be any kind of a spiritual success to a greater degree than you accu- accurately understand who God is, and you live in light of who He is. You know, if you, just, if you think of God as the nice guy in the sky, um, you think of being a Christian as a matter of, you know, treating other people well. Well, it, it is that, but infinitely more than that. You don't want to fall in just kind of into kind of a sentimental liberalism concept. Uh, other people think that they're talking about holiness, but they think of God as a cosmic killjoy. Uh, if, if it's something you like, you know God doesn't like it because He didn't want anybody happy. You've got to be miserable all the time, and you become an ultimate legalist. And there's those that see God as a divine magician who is under contract to them, and that's where they get into all the charismatic emotionalism, and, and I'm going to do this and so that God will be obligated to give me what I want. 
What pathetic views of God. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.